This is Beyond BC, a podcast illuminating the professional careers and accomplishments for members of the Berkeley Carroll School's alumni community. I'm your host, Tim Quinn, class of 2005. In this episode, I'll be chatting with Elizabeth Thomas, class of 2006. A Brooklyn native and former archivist at MoMA, Lizzie's launching her debut novel with HarperCollins entitled Catherine House. The novel is a gothic-infused literary suspense tale that was inspired in part by her love for great fiction, such as Jane Eyre and Bluebeard. It also draws from her time as an undergraduate at Yale University. Lizzie, thanks for joining the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So you have a new book out, Catherine House. As tempting as it is to get into all of that, why don't we start with your journey as a writer? Did it start in college? I would say it started even earlier than high school. My whole life, I knew I wanted to be a writer and specifically a novelist. Um, I don't know why, just from a very early age, it just called out to me as something that I wanted to do. Um, So even when I was in high school, I was thinking, how am I going to deal with having a writing career with anything else I want to do with my life and kind of planning for what I wanted to do with being a novelist later in my life. So it's been in the works for quite some time. And I'll say, yeah, this is my definitely my first published book, but it's not the first book I've written. So it feels like a, a long journey. I bet. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. When you first started writing, what kind of genre appealed to you the most? I wanted to write something that would really appeal to, I guess, the young Lizzie, <laughs> the book that I really would have loved as a, as a young girl, but then would also love now as I'm an adult, something that kind of played with a lot of those tropes of books I loved as a little girl, those kind of haunted house stories like Jane Eyre. I loved Rebecca. I loved all those kind of romantic gothic stories. So I wanted to play with those tropes, but then also create something that felt very modern and very adult and very new and kind of with a hint of paranormal uh, activity in there. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of putting everything that I loved about reading in one book. And and I was happy with the way it came out. Would you say there was any one writer who inspired you more than others? I would say Jane Eyre was my favorite book growing up. So Charlotte Bronte, I, I loved that book far before I understood a lot of what was happening in it. Something about it just really appealed to me. And a lot of the way that this book is structured, um, that kind of sense of going into this gothic house and the, that has these secrets lurking around various corners was based on the feeling that I got from that book. Interesting. So now that we're already talking about Catherine House, why don't you describe the plot a little bit for us? I would say it's a gothic literary suspense story. It's about a young woman who's on the run from a mysterious past. We don't really know about it. And she ends up at this cult-like college. And at first she's really enamored of the college and she loves the environment. And then as she spends more time there, she realizes that they may have a dangerous secret agenda that, I guess I won't go too much into it. <laughs> um, but she finds that all may not be as it seems. Talk to us a little bit about your approach to writing and any decisions you made along the way. So I started writing it. I I started writing it fairly soon after I graduated from college. And a lot of it was kind of processing my own emotions towards my college experience. So there was that aspect. But then I was also kind of thinking about whether with college or various other institutions, they do a lot to get loyalty from the people who go to these institutions. And I was really interested in that idea. So I actually did a lot of research on how cults work. 
and how <laughs> they get loyalty from the people who join a cult. You know, everyone thinks that I would never join a cult, but really <laughs> most people, <laughs> they're very convincing, you know? So I was very uh, interested in this idea of how someone ends up in a cult. And so much of what so many cults have in common is that they do kind of have this idea of like, you can leave your whole behind and start this whole life here we're going to give you an experience that's just so totally in this moment. And yeah, as you described, the story kind of starts in the middle and you'd have very little sense of what the main character's life was like before she ended up at Catherine House and this college. And I think that that's a really powerful experience for her. And I think it's a really powerful experience for a lot of people who end up, whether it's at college or cult or in something like a sports team or something like that, some experience where you know, all of a sudden, it's like your whole life is this one experience and everything that came before and everything that comes after just seems unimportant. Would you say your interest in organizations like that stemmed from an experience in college or uh, did it start prior to that? It started before then. I think my parents were, you know, real children of the 60s and 70s, like very anti-establishment and very don't trust the man. So I kind of naturally was raised with a, um, a distrust of big organizations. And then when I went to college, it was interesting. I went to Yale, which for so many people is such a dream to go to this institution. But in my family, my grandfather had gone there and my dad, his son, had gone there as well. And both of them had terrible experiences. Uh, so I, I did end up going there mostly for convenience reasons. It was a good, it, obviously it's a great school, but also it was close enough to home. Um, they had an art history program that I wanted to major in and that was really great. So all these reasons how I ended up kind of there um, in a very practical way, but I was interested in the way that for so many people, it was such a dream. And then also in my family was kind of the opposite of that. It was this, um, this kind of, this kind of demon in our family. <laughs> Yet I still went there and I had a great experience, which I thought was so interesting that both my grandfather and my dad had terrible experiences and I had a great experience. And I think that's mostly just because I think the college really changed. And I think that nowadays colleges really have to, they have to give their students such a high quality of life because just the way things work nowadays, colleges are so expensive and students are so savvy. They know that they're so expensive that, you know, you look at a college brochure and it's telling you like, we spent this much money renovating our dorms. We have this many dining halls. We have this ratio of professors to students. And it's just, it's so catered to the undergrads that of course I had a great experience. <laughs> so, but I thought that was really interesting because that is not what it was like when my grandfather and dad went there. Um, so I, I think nowadays, colleges really have to have to give you a good experience. And I had a great experience, but I don't take it for granted. So it sounds like your interest in this kind of story definitely began before college. Do you see yourself after you've already written one book continuing to explore institutions? Or do you think that the next book will explore a totally different topic? I'm writing the next book. So, <laughs> so I know kind of what it's about. I do think I think it will be an abiding interest of mine institutions. I will say the next book doesn't take place in a college and it's, it's, I think it's very different. I think that the way I tend to write is I, I tend to kind of write, let's say almost process an experience that happened, I guess a couple of years previous. <laughs> so this I think of as like my college book and the book I'm writing now I think of as my, my being in my twenties book <laughs> mm -hmm. um, as I'm now in my, the very beginning of my thirties. 
So I think that the the book that I'm writing now, I, I would say it has a pretty different tone, but I think that interest in institutions is that's lifelong. When you're writing, is it tempting to write some of yourself into the storyline? Do you find yourself gravitating towards maybe injecting part of your personality into one or many of the characters? Any writer, if they're writing a story, they kind of have to draw from their own well of experiences. You know, you have to kind of imagine just as a reader, well, they're reading, it's like, if this happened to me, how would I feel? Of course. Um, I think that none of the characters, I've never had a problem in which I want to write characters who are exactly like me. But I think that every writer, they draw on their range of emotions to describe the emotions that their characters are having. So certainly I think that with my various characters, I've thought if I had been this lonely, how would I react in this school and that kind of thing. And I, I would say that for the main character that she's so different from me, but the amount that she's different from me is almost, it's so almost opposite of my personality that I found her very easy to write. One thing I'd imagine is that it would be very hard to finish, that I would want to continue to tinker before I let it out into the world. Was that your experience? Yes, I'm having it still. I have, <laughs> I have a copy of the book here with me and I'm like, I cannot, I should not open this book. Oh, no. Know that I'll open it and I'll be like, is that actually how it's how I where I put that comma is that what I decided and of course I actually like I got the finished copies and it's such a, a such an ecstatic moment in some ways and then I opened it and at some point it says someone took out a disc man and I was like wait did I is the m in disc man capitalized and I immediately <laughs> <laughs> ran to my computer to check that I had like gotten the capitalization right in disc man and I was and that's when I was like I need to put this book down now I know you were working a full-time job when you wrote this novel what was your schedule like? I mean, I'd imagine it would be pretty tough juggling a full-time job and getting a novel off the ground. Um, I think it's hard, but I think the hardest thing about it is the discipline of doing it every day. It does take a lot of time, but I think that people imagine it taking a lot of time in short bursts, and really it's more a lot of time over, or at least the way I write, a lot of time over a fairly long period of time. And in that way, I think most people have some hours somewhere in their day that they could write. And then if you write for an hour each day over a course of a few years, you will have a novel at the end. One of the blessings that I have in my life is that I am very disciplined. And I did go home from work every day. And I would usually go home, write for about 45 minutes, eat dinner, then write a little bit more. And then obviously, if I had some social thing to do, go out and do that. But I think it's more, it, it's very much like exercise, where it's really, it's mm -hmm. the rhythm of it and the regularness of it that'll give you some product in the end. It's not like suddenly being hit with a burst of inspiration and then getting it all done in one jack, because just like exercise, that's not going to, that's not going to get you an actual product. When you were writing, did you know exactly how you wanted the plot to go and even how you wanted the, uh, the final page to look? It's funny you say that because, yeah, the, the final page is almost exactly the same. A lot changed in the middle, but the final page is almost almost exactly the same. I would say that the, the vague structure of the book, the plot elements that you hit without giving away too much, but I would say those pretty much stayed the same with some of the details changing. But I would say the beats of it stayed the same. And that when I, when I first set out to write the book, I decided that I wanted to write a the, the original idea was that I wanted to do a retelling of Bluebeard, the fairy tale. 
Um, so that was kind of the original idea. And now it's funny when I look at it, it's like this, there's a lot about this that it's not at all like that fairy tale. But that idea of, you know, this woman gets uh, gets into this kind of marriage here at the school, but and then finds out that there's something secret in the house and tries to escape. So that's the that that was kind of the the basic plot structure. And some things changed along the way, but I would say the beginning scene and the end scene are very similar to the first draft. How do you describe your writing style? I really do do not in general, both in writing and in anything else, I don't like saying more than I need to. I like leaving some things ambiguous. I like letting the reader take care of some things in their own mind. Um, So I would say that, and I would say I don't like, I don't, I don't like writing that feels extraneously romantic, which is funny because it's kind of in some ways a, you know, this Gothic romantic story, but writing that doesn't feel, that feels too decorative to me, that feels too uh, floofy. I realize that's not a useful word, <laughs> but that's how I feel. I, I like, I like my writing to feel somewhat rigorous and somewhat uh, disciplined, but also very evocative. Um, so that's what I kind of work towards and trying to make every every word work and every word uh, be doing some doing something in the sentence, even if, you know, I use a fair amount of adjectives and adverbs and stuff. But um, I really want them to all be doing their work in the sentence. How do you see writing style changing over time? I know you're working on a new book. Do you think that... Um the uh, some of the same style and the themes maybe and even some of the characters may migrate from Catherine House to that one I would say I right now to me it feels fairly different but I think that someone I think if if someone else were reading both of them they'd say they sound similar because they'd be like these are both obviously written by you um Mm -hmm. to me they feel somewhat different the char- the characters in this next book are older i think as i get older my characters will get older and uh but i think that i've always i think the thing that remains the same in, in almost everything i've written almost since i was very very young is that there tends to be a balance between realism and things that read very very close and very real and, and very grounded and that there always tends to be a a paranormal element and that that element I, I think that, that that is something that I tend to have a particular style with that something that's kind of between sci-fi and fantasy and something that's um I, it's a particular attitude that I tend to like in my writing that's almost magical realism where people people don't react to the to the magical element almost they don't react to it as if it's that weird um and that's that's something that's just that's been a constant in my style for for almost as long as I remember and so that's still there so but and but other ways it it feels really different to me now and so obviously in my anxious mind like oh god well if anyone likes Catherine House will they hate this book or you know just just find things to worry about so on that point of uh of wondering what people think when they read it how much of that occupies your headspace? You know, wonder, wondering what people think, how they'll respond, will they critique it, will they love it? Is that something that you're preoccupied with, or you know, when, once you put it out there, you're just happy that it's over? Uh, you know, I think we're gonna find that out in the next. <laughs> this is just gonna be. I think it's just gonna be a different level. You know, I mean, when I was 
like doing workshops in, in college or things like that. I wasn't a creative writing major, but I took a couple of classes. And I think I'm, I, I tend to be a fairly, I, I, I'm not too precious with my writing. Like I'm good at receiving criticism. I don't mind chopping up a story, story to make it better or anything like that. Or if my editors and my agents, like, yeah, I get the comments from the editor. I'm happy. I, I'm pretty hard hearted, I think. But I mean, having a book published, it's, it's, I'm, I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge. So anyway, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's hard to say, but I, I think the thing that makes it easier is that at this point I wrote this book a while ago, you know? So it's and on one hand, obviously it's something that's really close to my heart as like all books are close to their author's hearts or all creations are close to their creator's hearts. But on the other hand, the person who wrote that, I, I that was me, like that was me a few years ago. And so Sometimes, it, like, you know, I mean, there are already reviews out there that was like, this book sucks. And I'm like, you suck. <laughs> and then I read, and then I look back on it and I'm like, you know, I don't think this book is perfect. So there's a balance. Even the best books of all time have people who love it and people who hate it and uh, lots of people in the middle. So it's always going to be a mixed bag. It's not like it's, you can go to Goodreads and look up like the reviews of like the sun also rises and it's like boring, hated it. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, yeah, nothing, nothing in the world is liked by everyone. No books, no music, no, no anything. So do you find yourself spending more time with fellow writers because uh, they understand you, you understand them, um, you share some of the same experiences, some of the same challenges? You know, I actually don't. And I want more writer friends. <laughs> but in general, I would say my friends from my friends in the real world, if I, if I'm remembering correctly, most of them aren't writers. Um, and I think that's actually been really good for me. I think it, it's really nice to have people who care about other things and have jobs in other fields. And that it just, it, it's a nice, it's a nice break after you spent hours try putting a sentence, moving it from the beginning of the paragraph to, to the end of the paragraph and back again to then talk to someone and, talk about something completely different. So I would say, yeah, most of my community of, of friends is people who aren't writers. I have a couple of, of good writer friends, but most of them aren't. We've talked a lot about the challenges in the writing process. What would you say is the most enjoyable thing about writing a book? I would say the most enjoyable part is during the writing when it's going well. There are times when you're writing it and it's not going well, and that part is not so hot. Um, but you have to get through that slog, and then sometimes you'll you'll hit a section and your and of revision that's just you're like this is I now see I'm I'm I see where I was going with this story and I'm getting there and I see the amount of work I have to do and I'm doing the work and I think that I think that that's the most satisfying part. It, it's not when it's published or when someone says it's good though. That's that's very nice. I think it's. It's if you don't if if I didn't like the day to day work of it, then you you would be done because it takes way more work than the amount of times it takes to receive a comment that was like that was nice I liked it. <laughs> the amount of work compared to the to the reward is a little uneven. So I was but I I do love the work. So yeah. So as you know, we are in a cultural moment in which people are reading less. It is very social media dominated. And people, you could say, are used to digesting smaller bits of information. How do you view that trend as a writer? I think it's something I worried about more when I was younger. 
because I think when I was younger, there was a lot of panic, or maybe I was just panicked, but there, there was a lot of panic about, oh, you know, like it's the invention of the uh, like iPhone and things like that. There's some feeling of like, oh, well, now the novel's just going to die. Mm-hmm. I think at this point we can say the novel is not going to die. It's just not an art form that is going to go away. But I think that when I was younger, when when you're less secure, when you're a teenager, you just you do have a feeling that some things that feel permanent could go away. Now that I'm older, I, I, I realize that the, the novel is not going anywhere, at least as long as we still have a planet. Trends come and go in terms of the way people consume media, but people always want stories and there will always be people who like books. You know, if I, if I wrote stories to get the maximum amount of eyes on it as possible, this would not be the way to do it anyway. <laughs> so, so that's clearly not my main concern. If I wrote a novel and a hundred people really loved it, that would be amazing. And I think it's going to be more than that. So that's really exciting. I agree. Uh, are you going to go on speaking tours? Obviously things are different now, but how are you getting the word out there? Uh, well, HarperCollins has an amazing publicity team, so they they've been guiding me through a lot of these things. I think that it's I think as you say, it's a lot different now than um, it would have been because of the fact that obviously no one can go anywhere with a debut novelist doing like a speaking tour wouldn't be something that would be a really good use of my time. So I don't think unless I were a celebrity, which I am not. So I think in this day and age, so much of publicity is uh, is just kind of talking to people who enjoyed the book, encouraging them to talk to their friends who enjoyed the book, writing more, just connecting to people in a human way. And I think that we're all learning, especially right now, that you do not need to leave your apartment to connect to people, for better or for worse, and to meet people who have read the book <laughs> through a screen. <laughs> Thanks for joining the program. It was amazing talking to you. And we're all really excited to not only see how everything goes with Catherine House, but what you end up writing next. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful talking to you. Lizzie's book, Catherine House, is available to buy in hard copy, paperback, and digital copy at retailers everywhere starting May 12th. You can follow along with her release and upcoming projects on Twitter at Lizzie Thomas. That's L-I-S-S-I-E. T-H-O-M-A-S. Beyond BC is a production of the Berkeley Carroll School's Alumni Office. It's hosted and produced by me, Tim Quinn, and executive produced and edited by Jamie O'Regan. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time as we share more alumni stories beyond BC.